0: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Sea Star Restaurant and Raw Bar in Bellevue. This is Uli from Uli's Famous Sausage and the Pike Place Market, and you listen to the Seattle Dining Show. I think we better do that again. Coming to you live the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today.
1: Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. This is Connie Adams with Seattle Dining. And I am here with Jamie Pihaw We had so much fun last month and are so impressed with ourselves that uh, she's back. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here, Connie and Tom. Let's have some fun. We're ready. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about your event, Seattle Wine and Food Experience Weekend, coming up in February. But first, we're going to go back and, as we always do, talk about some places we've been lately.
2: Wait a second now. I, I looked at the script for today's show, and I barely ever saw my name on it. What happened? <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. No. <laughs> Jamie and I enjoyed each other last month, and oh no, no, we,
1: we want you in here. So Tom, you're going to be jumping in wherever you feel like
2: it. That's All right, right. So when you need a little comedy, I'll be there. Huh? Yes. <laughs> All right.
3: Comedy and technical support for sure. Yes. <laughs> if you if you sense a complete
1: silence from Jamie and I, it's because we're looking at Tom like what?
2: <laughs> well, the only tech support you guys need is more compression.
3: More compression. What does that actually mean?
2: It actually kind of softens your voice up when you get really loud, which isn't something you guys do very often. Oh, no. We never never get that. Nobody's ever
3: told me that before. No. (laughs) All right.
1: Well, the first place I wanted to chat about was Gelatiamo. Love that place. Now, see, it's a funny thing. I had a friend, a girlfriend, who worked downtown, almost kitty corner from that place, years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And she practically lived there. Mm-hmm. And she was taking treats to her staff all the time. And she was telling me, you got to come down. And, and I was like, I'm not a snacker. So and pastries and right. Gelati- right. You know, Sweet. gelato. Right. Sweets. Yeah, not not really my thing. So all of a sudden I was, you know, thinking about this. So I went down and uh, they wanted to talk about her panettone. The panettone, which is
3: amazing. It is amazing. I did get one from her this, this season. Yes. So Delicious. So good. Did you toast it? I didn't. Was that if you toast it with butter? Ooh, it, all it right. is, awesome. and I Thank think it would you. make great French toast, also. Oh, it
1: would. Yeah. And the thing about it is, it's not a fruit cake. No. It's got lemon and orange flavors, and I think raisins. Uh huh. But it's not one of those things where
3: it's just chock full of stuff, which I hated as a kid. No, because it's a, a, kind of an egg bread on it's the a inside, bread. Yeah. right? So yeah. So and it does it toasts up really nicely, but it kind of has that holiday spice in it yes. with that cinnamon and orange yeah. and all of that. And so good. Just delicious and beautiful. She yeah. makes beautiful pastries. So yeah. in
2: the December issue of Seattle Dining, we had a feature on Gelatiamo. Amo. Yes, and that's why I brought and it up. And now we're talking about it on the January show. So I think what we should do is when we lay out the January issue, we should uh, keep that story posted so people can read about it if they want oh, to. Oh, that's a great idea. That's
1: a good idea. And, and the reason I kind of brought it up, even though it was on the magazine, is it was the first time I had met Maria. And she is lovely and so fun to talk to. And so after 20 years, this coming year is her 20th right. anniversary. So still excited about what she does and passionate about how you make gelato and, and how she when she learned it, it wasn't how to make gelato. It was how to create recipes. Right. And that is where the the real skill is and, and the consistency of good gelato is in the recipe. So it was really interesting to talk to her.
3: She has, uh, from uh, what I understand, I mean, I've, I've been there on, I'm on a tour before on how she does make her gelato and then mm-hmm. also... Um, She's a member of La Dame Sescafie. So, you know, she's often bringing pastries to events and oh. things like that. But the story of her family, you know, is the history is from Italy. And, oh. you know, this, these are family recipes. And she has sort of, you know, her dream was to bring that to life here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And she really has done that through gelatiamo and. Yeah. Um, she doesn't just make gelato. It's not like, it's really, like you said, it's recipes, it's amazing ingredients. She uses local whenever she can, although she does import some things from Italy mm-hmm. to have that authenticity. Yep. Um, and then she, it's, she's also, you know, a baker. I mean, her family's business was, they had a bakery. This is the fourth
1: generation, I think, or more.
2: Probably, I'm not have to look at the story again. It's
3: way back.
1: Will
2: we see her at any food shows coming up? She'll be at
3: Seattle Wine and Food Experience. She's been there the last few years. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. One of the
1: funny stories she told me was that um, anything can alter what you do when Mm -hmm. you when you're being precise with a recipe. So she got some new equipment one year for the panettone, and it things weren't exactly as they should be. So she called her brother right. in Italy and said, you know, I got the new mixer, I got the new this and that, What? and it's not. And so they worked it out over the phone. Everything went well. And so now anything time, anything goes wrong, but her staff says, call Dr. Panettone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is cute. Well, That's I think, cute. you know, the other thing, uh, I think sh- they did a really nice job of marketing the Panatone this year. And so yes. I think people are understanding the... Um, you know, the significance of that bread to the holiday. Yes. Which is really interesting. Yeah. And it is delicious. She only makes it that one time a year and then that's it.
1: And that's it. So get it. It's Mm -hmm. too late now. So get it next year. Mark your calendar. Um, The other place I had never been that I went this year is Japanese gourmet down at Pike Place Market. Have you been in there? I don't think so. It's a little tiny place. uh, Not, I mean, teeny tiny, but on on one of those side streets, Pike or something Mm -hmm. that goes right down to the market. And, um, it. I went on a cold, kind of rainy day to meet some people, and it was like comfort food. It was warm and steamy inside, oh. and, and I had a um, soup with a tempura on the side, and the you know, mm. it was just really pleasant. And uh, Maria had sent some on, some gelato <laughs> with me, so um, they were very happy, and nobody was upset that I had brought that in. Uh-huh. They were very you know uh-huh. happy to keep because we of course bought lunch. Did it melt? It was softening. Soft, Soft, yes. Soft is mm-hmm.
3: okay.
2: Yeah. You didn't ask them to put it back in their fridge and hold <laughs> it for <laughs> yeah. you, huh? Could you pr- take care of my food that I brought into your restaurant? Okay,
3: well, I'm going to mark this on my to-do list when I go down to the market, because I love yes. the market. And so Japanese gourmet, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. It
1: was uh, quite a broad menu. There's a lot of choices even at lunch, mm-hmm. and people were very friendly. And I think I think it seemed to be a family place. I haven't checked but it this out. This is
2: really. like right down the alley from Shiro's new place, right?
1: Uh, he's on Post Alley, and this is like Pike. Pike, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: On the the downside, g- goes right down to the main street in the market.
2: But I mean, you can walk between the two. Oh, easily, easily. So you go get a little sushi and then go get your Japanese gourmet after that.
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> we <laughs> have got the menu going here, Tom.
2: <laughs> We're gonna make it a what do you call it when you go to a different uh, restaurant. progressive? Oh, progressive! progressive. I mean, think yeah.
3: smorgasbord could do
1: the <laughs> same a thing. Progressive right? Japanese meal. <laughs> Another place that I have been uh, impressed with Uh lately was Bennett's on Mercer Island. Mercer Island. I had been there years ago. I'm thinking three or four. Yes. And I... So it was okay. You know, it was... That's how I felt. Honestly, I felt bland. Yeah. And, you know, I want to like what they do because they went through, like, after they bought pasta and company and everything, and they made their recipes healthier. Right. So... When you go and it's kind of bland, you're thinking, no, no, no. I want, to, I want people to do healthy things, yeah. but if it's not interesting. Yeah. So I've been there twice now mm-hmm. in the last couple months, and I'm really impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it's not probably healthy for you. Their famous mac and cheese well, is not going to be good for your heart. Right. But it is delicious, and the sandwiches were good, and they have a cola that is not does not have... Um, High corn, fructose, corn high syrup, or whatever, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the bad sugar. stuff. Sugar. sugar. It has sugar in it, but it's yeah. real sugar. Yeah. It's not fructose. So
3: Well, I would be interested in giving it another try. I haven't, I'd been there a couple of times, um, having grown up on Mercer Island. Oh, I do get back go. there from time to time, and it certainly is fun to see that there are places to eat on Mercer Island, because growing yes. up, there wasn't much there. Exactly. But... um but yeah, I mean, I would like to go back and give that a try because I do like almost everything they do. I mean, and you're talking about Beecher's cheese, and you're talking yes. about Liam's at the University Village, and yeah. uh, I'm not Pasta sure and, and Pasta and Company, which I have always loved. Yeah. I love going in there; their cheese twists are the best. Oh, I've never you ever had those, those baked uh-uh. cheese twists. Uh-uh. Oh Ooh. my goodness, they're good. Mm. Uh, but that's a neat concept. I love because I love specialty foods, and I love seeing all the um, you know different um, you know jarred things that they have. Yes, and exactly. And, yeah, and then if you're fabulous. just you need. Something quick and go in and get your exactly. raviolis yeah. all done and buy yeah. some
1: sauce and you're done. You mm-hmm. know, and or, it's
3: good. Or you could buy enough for a fabulous dinner and then you, you know, people think you cooked it even if you exactly. didn't. I've done that. always take. It I out have of that. done that a time or two. I have to admit, <laughs> short on time. It's like I'm going to posting Company. <laughs> Nobody needs to know. <laughs> um, another one I went to,
1: which is a, a return after a million years, probably. Honestly, 15 years or something. Is this the same one? Café de Paris in Edmonds, yeah.
3: Is it the same as the one that was downtown?
1: No. Oh. This guy has been there 30 years, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah. We've never been up there. I've never been to You it. and I haven't, but maybe 15 years before I met you, I was up there for dinner with a girl. It was with Patty, I think, and because mm-hmm. um, all my listeners need to know that.
3: It, it was with Patty. Patty, you know, she doesn't um, live in Edmonds, but in case okay. you know, okay. <laughs> Isn't
2: this place a favorite of mine and Bruce's? I don't know. I think I've ta- heard them talk about how they like it.
3: Oh, okay. Mina Williams with Star. Yeah, Wester. Mina Williams, mm-hmm.
2: for all of you who don't and know. And Mina and Bruce,
1: who volunteer at so many oh, food and wine They events. are
3: awesome. They, they are, are awesome. What a great team.
1: I know. But um, I had a pepper steak mm. there you know, 15 years ago, and it was so fabulous. Mm-hmm. Well, a friend of mine just had an anniversary with their company, and they did a lunch, and so mm-hmm. they had it there. And it was um, – I wasn't bowled over – But it was really good, and it's a comfortable place to be in. You just, it's great. And he does beef bourguignon. I bet they have really good French onion soup. French onion soup, which I had because I had to have that. Mm -hmm. And so it was, you know, it's just nice, again, when someplace makes it, and it's still someone's passion, and the same guy who owns it and cooks is still there.
3: I wonder, though, but wasn't there a place in Seattle in the Rainier Square? Rainier Rainier Tower. Tower. Cafe de Paris. yeah. And I loved that place. I went there for years. When it, I, mean, yeah. I think it opened, it must have opened in the early 80s. I was going to
1: say 80s because <laughs> I was a child.
3: We are dating ourselves. Yes. I, was, <laughs> I was a young child.
2: I, I wasn't born parents. to Seattle by then.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tom, was, you and I, 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 I still went. still
2: incubating in California. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. You and I went, I think with Penny and Jim Ross and more oh, nice. food and wine people uh-huh. to see Rich Gray perform.
3: I went too. I bet we were there the same we were there. night and we probably didn't know each other then. Maybe not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That Maybe was an not. awesome show. It was. Yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. So that's still going on. And then um, yet another blast from the past. I went and really just had uh, some wine and mm-hmm. a salad with a friend at Percano over by Green Lake. Mm-hmm. And they used to be on Lower Queen Anne a yeah. zillion billion years yeah. ago. Wait, and and they got, got a new a very building. It
3: special thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then it caught on fire. And it caught <gasps> on fire. And then that's they rebuilt. Right. Uh-huh. So, um, and I'm going to be talking to them tomorrow. So, in the January issue, there will be more information about them. But it was, I I loved it because we went upstairs and sat at a table where you were looking down right over the kitchen. Oh. So you could watch what the chefs were doing. I mean, you would have to hope kids aren't throwing things down into the soup, you know, but I'm just kidding. But, um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) so here's what I like about hearing some of the places that you're bringing up. And, and this will tie back into what we're talking about uh-huh. when we get to Seattle Wine and Food Experience, oh, excellent! is that there are a lot of places that have been around a long time, and they are great. And so mm-hmm. it isn't just the new places that are exactly. interesting to try yes. out, but there are a lot of great places.
2: And e- so many. Exactly, and you think about, you know, the the... the Mass of people that are moving into the Seattle area and they're reading the weeklies and they're reading the blogs An and eater. all they ever hear about is the new stuff and they don't really know That's about right. the the you know the the stuff that lasts more than three years. That's been here for 20 I mean, or 30 years. A French years,
3: restaurant you know. that's been around for 30 years. I mean, they, they yeah. know what they're doing. And, you know, and you're know, you saying, I was there 15 years ago and had this. And I had it. It's still great. I mean, yeah. that's a feat in the restaurant business. And so, I mean, I've always kind of been, I don't want to say for the underdog, but I want to say that there's there are, it doesn't have to be just the newest thing. Yes. There are still, there's great food to be had. All over this city on all different levels. I,
2: I could just imagine being somebody who just moved here to go to work as a you know, at a hundred thousand dollar a year job and and, and being a, a lover of food, I would just be overwhelmed oh, yeah. with how many exactly. choices I have. And I bet you I probably wouldn't go to the same restaurant twice in a year.
1: And I'll bet they don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, this kind of leads into something mm-hmm. I'm doing starting in January. Mm-hmm. I was going to put it in December, but we had so much on that issue yeah. that I thought I'd hang on to it. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be a, a repeater because, thank goodness, there mm-hmm. are so many. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing a story called "Restaurant Survivors."
3: Oh, exactly
1: nice. about this. So there's oh, yeah. 10,
3: uh-huh.
1: 10 in there, and and I was just looking through the the restaurants that I've interviewed people at, right. and I have more than thirty that have been here over ten years. Sure. So and there's things like. Uh, Parquet No that right. I didn't even have on my list right. that's been there all this time. Sounds right? like so, a two-part story. Oh, it's going to be three or four. Yeah, yeah okay, good. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it's, I'm can... going to do ten a month mm-hmm. until I kind of awesome. run out. And and it will give some readers time to say, what about my favorite? Mm-hmm. And let us know to make sure I don't forget anybody. Well, that's
2: fine. Well, and I'm sure there'll be some restaurants that'll say the same thing. Oh, don't forget us when you do part two or three. Yeah. Or... Well, okay, so, so
3: we're talking about places we've been lately. So I went to Dahlia Lounge for a holiday oh, lunch good. with friends. Another lasting yeah, over place. Over 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, the food was outstanding. Oh, it was good. so good. They were packed. It was the um, day before. Let's see, it was the twenty third. Okay, so twenty okay. second or twenty third. So it was leading up to Christmas. Full house. Oh my which gosh. made me happy. That yes. was lunchtime, and it was a full house. Oh. You know, I mean, when something's been around that long, I mean, not granted, it is Tom Douglas, yeah. but still,
2: yeah. It, but you know, the thing about all the Tom Douglas places, it's a total testament to how well. The training system works from him on down through everybody. That's right. It's amazing,
3: and they're still doing, uh, you know, interesting food, local. I had an incredible course you know how much i love lamb i had an incredible lamb sandwich it was a hot lamb sandwich It was served with a wonderful quinoa and vegetable salad and it was delicious in fact three out of the four of us had it because it was like oh that sounds so good it was the special for the day and it was unique and creative and delicious
2: yeah so you know how tom's wife jackie runs the farm out in central washington or eastern washington Mm -hmm. so now is she like herding lamb and stuff there no i think they're (laughs) just doing vegetables for all the
3: restaurants but you never know what's
2: next with those
3: guys. They you keep surprising what? us. I'm yeah. thinking
1: April Fool's story. We get a picture of Jackie and put her in a sheep herder's cont- <laughs> costume, give her a little staff.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, as long as we're talking about meat a little bit, uh-huh. can I offer up another place I went yes. recently? Okay, so and I'd been wanting to go since it opened, and I, I never did make it. But ch- ch- Chop Shop. Oh yeah, I haven't been there yet. Oh, great man. Let me tell you, a new. If it's a new dining experience, folks. If you like meat, and of course they have things that are not meat, mm-hmm. but the whole idea behind it now, which they 've kind of morphed into is chops, so different meat chops oh, okay. so you, you can order and they for two or four, and it comes out on a wooden block okay with bone in oh. and you can do you, know, you can do a veal chop they 've got um, uh, they had a veal shoulder that came out that was beautiful I mean all different things comes out on this big cutting board. Wow. And a beautiful presentation to the table. And then you share that, and then it comes with a couple of sides that were, the sides were outstanding. Oh, wow. There was like a cauliflower gratine uh, that was fantastic. They had some sauteed Swiss chard. I mean, really nice and a fun way to eat. Yeah, and different. The, yeah. And the space itself, it's right up there on East Pine Pike, kind of uh-huh, by where Renee Erickson opened her new oh, places yeah. too. Yeah. And, uh, they have this building. I mean, the the, um, the history of the building is all there. Oh, yeah. They opened up a space between two buildings where there's kind of an alley. Yes,
1: that's the thing I wanted to see. I thought that was fascinating.
3: Totally cool. And then uh, Kurt Timmermeister's Farm Shop is there, which uh-huh. is pretty cool. And, you know, it's kind of that mixed-use space, kind of like Melrose Market, where yeah. you have a couple different buildings and different like businesses in there. Very cool space yeah. and a really unique bar upstairs as well. So if okay. you haven't been there... Check it out. Totally worth it for a fun night out. And that's an Erica Burke place,
2: just like Volunteer Park. But
3: is it her? Is yes, it her? Okay. It I wasn't sure. I kept thinking Linda Dershang, but I think no, know, Erica, Erica Burke. Okay. Well, it's fabulous. Yeah. So and the producer stayed.
2: is waving his hand at us and telling us that we need to take a little break. <laughs> we weren't paying attention. And I attention. know we're only into part one of the show here, and I don't mind uh, doing you know part two of part one when we come back from the break. So we'll uh, pick this up in just a moment here, folks.
0: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Ponte Seafood Grill. Hi, I'm
2: Andrea. I'm from Bellevue. One of my favorite restaurants is Cactus in Bellevue. I had an amazing dish, prawns with a spicy sauce on top. That just made your mouth water. Mm.
1: All right, we're going to head into News Bites in a moment, but I wanted to get Jamie's opinion about the proliferation of wine rooms and tasting rooms around the area. Now, first of all, there's a lot of eastern Washington wines who felt that a lot of people don't get over the mountains, and especially in the wintertime Mm -hmm. when people can't get over, they want them to still be able to experience their wines. So there's some, uh, like in Woodinville, a lot Mm -hmm. of wine tasting rooms opening. But there are a lot of different things opening, like the Estates Wine Room, down in Soto, there's uh, Robert Ramsey Cellars on top of Queen Anne. Um, there, I saw this online the other day, and I didn't even know about it. Seattle Urban Wineries, yep. a group of 20 wineries in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get mm-hmm. your opinion. What do you think about all this uh, stuff happening?
3: Well, I, I find it really exciting, of course, because I think that, you know, it. I think that It's great to have more than one game in town, Mm -hmm. you know. It's like it's like I mean, Woodenville. You know, Woodenville is is the urban wine center and has been. You know, it's kind of their tagline: "Where Washington pours." Yes, because I mean, you've got all these fabulous wineries throughout the state. You know, eight hundred ninety of them now. Maybe it's even over nine hundred. And um, but the bulk of the population is over here, and so like you said, you know, they they when the law passed that they could have a second tasting room, and I think they can even do three now. Oh wow, um, people. People started to get the idea that okay, well, maybe it makes sense to open up, you know, on on this side of the state. And so, granted, in Woodenville, of course, now is up to like 120 of wow. them. So you have and you have wineries over there that are from Yakima, from Walla Walla, from you know all over. Um, and then um,
2: oh, just a little perspective here: 15 years ago, there was almost 500 wineries in the state of Washington, and a couple of tasting rooms over in the Woodenville area. That's right. And uh, uh, it was primarily a lot of cow milking going on over there. (laughs) Now, you know, where are we going to get our cheese from now?
3: (laughs) Well, well, cheese shops are popping up all over the place. But um, so Seattle, uh, I think that um, there was the very first Seattle winery I remember was down in the Pike Place Market across from the Spanish table years ago. And I can't even remember the name of it, but it was kind of a... It was a bit of a hole in the wall, but I can't remember yeah. what it was. It might even—I hope it's not there—and <laughs> that I said that. But <laughs> oh, but anyway, know you know. So I mean, somebody had the idea a long time ago to uh-huh. do that. And but then, this is different from the wine
2: merchant. That yeah, sir. Okay. No,
3: no, I'm talking about a winery, and you're yeah. not talking about the tasting room. No, no, no the the room. Room. it's an actual okay, wine. Then, when the tasting room opened, when I was still back at the wine commission, so it had to be in like 2000. 2000- four-tooth or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, when they opened, that concept was really cool because and it was started really by Paul Beveridge of, you know, yes. Will uh, But Jen Doak used to work there. Jen mm-hmm. who owns Brimmer and Heel Tap. And... Um, and so that concept was, you know, get, get a few wineries together from different places in the state and have a place where people can come in and taste their wine and also buy it to go and do mm-hmm. some education. So it was, you know, their, their thing was Wines of Washington, which was really smart. Yeah. And so that was a really cool concept, and that was in Pike Place Market. It's still there it's still today. There. I'm not sure how many wineries are there, but they usually have at least eight that are participating. Yeah, Exactly.
1: So and there's uh, usually a winemaker there.
3: They and there's usually, yeah, they come in. this turns. is like their their West Side store yes. when they're here, um, which is really fun for consumers. I think it's a great place to, to stop. Um, then um, you know, let's see Bart Fabbush, uh, Bart from Bartholomew Winery oh, yes. who, that is in Sodo. He had a winery in Woodenville. Okay, so okay. he had a winery in Woodinville, and then he decided that he was commuting from West Seattle and that, you know, maybe he should think about doing something closer. And so he ended up with Bartholomew Winery in Soto in the old Rainier Brewery oh, place. Oh, yes, 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 and, yes. Um, And as he did that, uh, he started, you know, there's also a group down there called South Seattle Artisan Wineries that are farther south that had been in operation for a while. There were about eight wineries and they were open like one Saturday of the month. And they really tried to get that going. I'm not sure it ever got the kind of um, attention that they wanted it to Mm -hmm. get. But now that there are more opening in Seattle, uh... Uh, it was kind of Bart's idea with a couple of friends that were there to start this Seattle urban wineries group. Uh, okay. And so what has happened is people are starting to say, I'm going to open up and I'm not opening up in Woodenville. I'm opening up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So you've got them from like Robert Ramsey from Queen Anne. You've got quite a few in the Soto area mm-hmm. uh, down by where full pull wines is in Soto. Oh, yeah. There's quite a few of them that have opened up there. Curlew Cellars from oh, yeah. Walla Walla is there Um and so you're starting to amass all of these wineries in the Seattle area, and now that Charles Smith's Jet City has opened yes. in Georgetown and is starting to play with this group a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, they've got a little bit of um, you know financial support hopefully behind them yeah. and critical mass in terms of the numbers, they've become what you might call an overnight success, although yes. really it's taken five to, to seven years since BART was there mm-hmm. to start putting this together. It's just now that people are starting to understand, hey, I can, you know, if you're in a hotel in Seattle and you want to go visit wineries, they're not far away. You can yes. go to a winery tour and, and taste three wineries you know, in a day. So yeah. is there
2: like a passport thing going
3: on down there yet? Well, they are open. They, they have one, I know it's one weekend a month or something that you that they're all open. Oh, okay. Some of them are only open by appointment, but many of them are starting to open more often, yeah. like a Thursday through Sunday.
1: Yeah. And you
3: can go to seattleurbanwineries.com and you can find the information there. So they're now a collective.
1: Yeah, I noticed that when I was on that site and it would see open today, mm-hmm. closed, open, you know, so they're, yeah. they're good about letting you know that's
3: right so i do think we're going to see more of that and i think it's great i think it's a wonderful balance that you know they can be so close and Uh that you can you know take friends that are in and out of town or if you want to get a little bit more of the you know cluster effect you go over to woodenville and you know and it's a it's a
1: of course this is their tagline too but wine country right it's a wine country experience you're out in woodenville it takes a little bit to get there right i mean i'm talking 35 minutes but you know
0: You're immersed
1: in it. Yes, you're immersed in wine country, whereas this is like you really get to taste, but you're in...
3: Seattle. Right. What I have found about these urban wineries, their stories are fabulous because they're all so different. And I think that is uh, a unique factor. I mean, it's a unique factor wherever you are with wineries and their stories. But in Seattle, they're all in these different buildings, Mm -hmm. you know, different. uh, It's just interesting to see how they've all come about. Yeah. But I think it's a wonderful trend. And, um, you know, I mean, there's wineries now. There's Issaquah, Renton. They're all over the place. Kent.
1: Yeah. And the Estates Wine Room that just opened December 11th. Right is a Pinot from Willamette Valley right. and a Cab Sav. I mean several right. Pinots and several Cabs from Eastern Washington.
3: Do they have a California one too?
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's a Pine Ridge yeah. and they've got something else down there too. So they've got varietals yeah. that they grow. Uh-huh. It's Crimson, crimson wine, wine Group. group right. Mm-hmm. So um but but this wine tasting room is that yeah. now they do have somebody else's sparkling so people they? can come in and right have a little... so
3: see to me okay so i mean seattle wine and food experience i know i keep coming back to that but you know as, I, i'm I'm doing it because it's kind of the same co- that kind of taste room is kind of the same concept as seattle wine and food experience where mm-hmm. you are getting an education yes of tasting from a variety of regions or a variety of, of varietals yes. uh, across a range and and getting a little bit of education along with it so you know it's yeah. not just one brand on all their yeah. varietals. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, But people are getting more interested to kind of widen their palate, and exactly. I think this is a really great concept. Yeah. And the thing to remember is that tasting rooms,
1: often you can taste for free, or there's a tasting fee that you pay and get it mm-hmm. back if you buy a bottle. Right. Some of these other things, like the Estates Wine Group, is not a simple tasting room. You can't right. go in and ever get a free taste. Right. They will, you can do um, flights. Uh, oh it's
2: <laughs> starting to smell like Napa Sonoma now. Uh, no, it's no, more it's like a
1: different. wine bar almost. Yeah, or like the
3: tasting room.
1: You can't yes, taste for free in no. there. And and at the estates, it's uh, glasses, glass pours, uh-huh. um, flights, or bottles. Mm-hmm. So you, And you can take a, a bottle to go. Nice. So, but it's not... You know, and that's one of the interesting things I'm seeing is
3: they're not calling them tasting rooms often when no. they're starting these new things. Right. Which I think that's a great concept, too. You know, yeah. and, and I hand it to Purple Wine Bar for sort of, you know, yes. really starting that phase of, of ordering yeah. wine, you know, in flights or, you know, small, a couple ounces of this, a couple ounces of that. Yeah. But the retail license is a new thing for a lot of restaurants are now, or restaurants yeah. also being able to sell product. Yeah.
2: So speaking of Purple, okay, I wanna- we have a news bite coming up when we come back from the break here about purple
1: excellent hi this is kit Singh from lauren ashton cellars we're located in the hollywood district in woodenville welcome to the seattle dining show
2: hi this is chad and i live in shoreline but i love to go down to seattle and dine at the harvest
1: vine
3: It's time for Seattle Dining's News Bites. And the interesting thing about News Bites here is all the work has been done and, and all the information found out. Tweeted first at uh, Seattle Dining. And the Twitter handle for Seattle Dining is at Seattle Dining. Is that correct, Connie? Uh-huh. One. Okay. Seattle at, Dining 1. At Seattle Dining 1, the number one? Mm-hmm. Or spell it out, the number, number one. one. At Seattle Dining 1. And so we're going to start off with um, Ethan Stoll Restaurants announcing, announces Brambling Cross. Brambling Cross. Brambling bramling yeah. no b in there no b. folks bramling it's it's a tongue twister bramling cross weekend brunch 10 a.m to 2 30 p.m uh, and happy hour sunday through thursday from 5 to 10 and 10 to 11 uh and that is is the weekend brunch starting in january or has it already it started. started okay yes. it's already started and uh, bramling cross is one of the newest uh, places for ethan stole
2: is steve martin going to be there Brambling cross. I'm not getting that I'm joke. i brambling, 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 Uh-oh. brambling, brambling guy.
3: Oh, gosh, Tom, I think we're, yeah, okay, we're going to finish the year out with a bang here today. <laughs> you know, 20 years or 25
1: years in the music business doesn't leave you that quickly. Uh, okay, you're up. <laughs> All right. Um, heavy Restaurant Group, which has Barrio, Lot Number 3, Purple, has announced that after dinner on New Year's Eve, they're closing Kirkland Park Place. And that has nothing to do with how they're doing, Uh because they're doing great. Okay. Um... They Kirkland Park Place is being totally redeveloped. It will be called Kirkland Urban, uh-huh. and they will be reopening in that new. That's fabulous. So that's really great. And there's a lot of other changes. I think uh,
3: it does need to be redone. That's resi- Park Place. Uh, that, that whole yes. development is really old. Really old. And but there's a lot of great space there, and mm-hmm. so I'm really excited to hear that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And
1: there's a couple other restaurants that are all you know. It's, oh. Everybody's closing down, and hopefully uh, most of them will come back. That's we'll fantastic. see. Fantastic. But definitely Purple will be back.
3: I am glad to hear that because. I remember that was really a hot place when TGI Fridays opened.
1: Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that? When
3: was that? Early 80s? Probably
1: because I had been going to TGIF when I lived in San Jose, which was late 70s. <laughs> so it was like, oh, wow, they have it here, too. So,
2: so this is how it works. Huh? You, you, you build a building, and 35 years later, you take it down and put a new one up, right? Yes.
3: That is how it works. Wow.
2: That is how it yeah, works. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Let's start tomorrow. Oh well, gosh. 35 years, I don't know what will happen in that time frame. Never mind. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so recently opened Kashiba. Uh, Shiro's new place in the old Campania Marche, right down in the market, by the inn at the market, right? exactly. And uh, have you been? I have not been. I have not been either. Let's put that one on the books. Um, So that's pretty exciting. And then um, let's see here. What
1: else? See, that's that's one of the
2: ones that everybody's talking about. And uh, in our style, we'll wait seven years and then we'll go. (laughs)
1: Oh, okay. You know, it's it's confusing, too. I have to say, every time I hear Shiro, you know, somebody sent me stuff about what Shiro's on 2nd was doing, right. and I was thinking, well, why would they be do, talking? It's like it's hard to divorce Shiro from Shiro's. It is, absolutely. But
3: okay, And so Optimism Brewing on Broadway, um, and then the Dumplings are yes. uh, 12th Avenue Arts Building on Capitol Hill. A lot that's, happening up there. Yeah,
1: and that's their second location. I, uh, honestly, I can't remember where the first one is unless it's the one on uh, also on Capitol Hill by that QFC. There is a dumpling place up there. Um, But anyway, this is their second one. Okay. Um, Some more openings coming your way. We've got several new things coming that haven't happened yet. Uh, Moonshine Barbecue, which is a restaurant in Linwood, is actually going the other way. We usually you <laughs> see this reversed, but they're going to do a barbecue food truck. Oh. And that's coming
2: in January. That's so fine. we went to their place in Linwood av- about a year there? ago.
3: Yeah. Oh, is this the place on oh, it's it's right in Lin- Linwood?
2: It's up there on 44th, isn't it? 44th or
1: 196th. It's one of the main ones.
3: Okay, it's, it's, on, yeah. Sopranos. it's like at their corner. I've been to Sopranos.
2: Have
1: you? Yeah, I've never been to Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And that is that took over the old Padran- Padranos
2: mm-hmm.
1: on 15th. Avenue Northeast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that I, I think it's 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 not open yet. They're, these are coming things. Oh, you You've been
2: to Sopranos, uh, the one in on Northwest Twenty Fourth, which mm-hmm. I guess is the original mm-hmm. Sopranos. Northwest Twenty Fourth.
3: S- so All I right? find, I find this story interesting because you're saying you know they're opening a food truck after having a restaurant. Yeah. I don't really hear about a lot of food trucks opening lately. You know I think. We, we had
1: that burst. Everybody was opening. Right. And um, maybe, uh, I don't know what the uh, limitations are in terms of parking places. Uh-huh. And there's a group, because I talked to the Mobile Mavens yeah, mobile, people. Yeah, sure. And I talked to them, and they were talking about how there's a group mm-hmm. that works together so that everybody knows who has what space. That's and right. if you can't go for some reason, mm-hmm. your tire blows out, you can go on their and find website to and say, go. do you want to take the spot for right, today? right. So I'm thinking there's some juggling, and maybe there's just not room enough right well, now? Well, that
3: could be that, but I do think Mobile mobile Mavens was kind of the last big push I yeah. heard in the yeah. news about food trucks. Um, I'm sure that more will come. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's over, but I do think that big push
2: we yeah. have seen. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Um, moonshine's up in Linwood, where yeah. there isn't that many food trucks... Today. Uh, oh, and there's one. a lot of people who do events or there's like the brewing company over on Lake City Way that gets a food truck in there every yeah. Saturday afternoon between – 11 and 5 or something. Yeah. And uh, and so I think they, they found a little market niche to the north of Seattle. And also, and they'll be busy with that food yeah. truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I do think the east side, and they're sort of pushing out to different areas and finding other ways to be these sort of catering vehicles, yes. in a sense. Because Gobble, the turkey oh, right. place out in Woodenville,
1: uh-huh has two trucks, right. and they will go out and do –
2: they don't really do
1: food truck stuff. It's yeah. really catering yeah. stuff, but do they'll do events. They call them the turkey sure.
2: trucks? The turkey Tur- trucks.
3: Tur- turkey trucks. <laughs>
2: the turkey truck trucks. Oh, we don't they do their that. turkey truck to the turkey truck stop. Okay. <laughs> okay.
3: Well, it looks like we have another opening coming up at uh, Joey's Restaurants in South Lake Union.
1: Yeah. You know, I have uh, an email in to those guys because they used to be in South Lake Union. Did they that's and now what I they're gone. They've right the old cucina yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm trying to figure out where this is going to be. I got it from a good source and okay. I'm, I'm I'm sure it is true, but I want some details. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have those. Okay. Maybe it'll be where it wasn't a Flying Fish there and they closed down. No. no that's in that's uh, local 360. Oh, that's or, Local 360. Yeah. No, okay. We're talking South Lake Union. But yeah. South Lake Union has grown
3: to uh, Unbelievable. In- include a
1: lot of space, yes, so I has. don't know where in South that, That's in.
3: right. Yeah. Okay, Arashi Ramen in Ballard and Woodblock Craft Cocktail Bar in Redmond Old Town Lofts. Okay, yay for Redmond. Yes. I am cool on Redmond <laughs> right now because of um, Blue Sardinia. Oh, yeah. Remember I t- told you about that. Great yes. spot for dinner, yes. fabulous food, and I love that there's a little bit of fine dining in Redmond.
1: Exactly. I did a story on them in July or mm-hmm. something, and mm-hmm. I'm really happy that they're out there and they seem to be doing okay, so that's good. Um, at this this next uh, news bite is really from you, Tom.
2: Oh, uh, I have a theory. <laughs> <laughs> More theories. I, know, I have a theory that needs some <laughs> investigation. Okay. Uh, my theory is that uh, is it possible that there's some sort of internal terrorism going on inside of Chipotle? Uh, what
3: what may, I mean, Do you think
2: internal would be
3: inside? Is, I is don't there know. some
2: black, dark web where all this information is <laughs> getting exchanged and people are poisoning customers? Because, I mean, it happened in so many places. Well, it was so bizarre that
1: they had this terrible problem with E. coli, and then they reopen and they have to shut the South Lake Union store down like this.
2: No. Oh. for
1: repeated violations. Okay, so yeah, I repeated
2: violations. So they, and, I and thought and they were It's happening closing... in all these different markets. And, it, you know, uh, and, they, and then every time they go in to do an investigation on it, they can't locate the source of the E. coli. Ooh. Now, how yeah, could weird. you not be able to do that? I know. There's sure only one was... way. Hmm. If someone in the staff was poisoning the food with E. coli. Whoa. And we don't want to talk about how you do that, but. Well, I wouldn't know. Uh,
3: well, I don't know, but I but mean it's that's bizarre. a lot of speculation, folks. Yes. It's just speculate if you're just tuning in, <laughs> this is Speculation. We have no. It's a theory. It's a Tom
2: theory. It's a theory. I think. Yeah. It, I think it deserves some investigation.
3: Well, I'm sure that they're investigating from every which way for this whole thing. I mean, it. it in, you know, in many ways, I mean, yes. I'm. I'm. I'm glad they've. They've caught this for sure from a consumer standpoint. You feel bad for all the hard work and business and investment that went into it. That you know. this you is You know, what I, they're faced I like with. the
2: place. I like to go. I, I did like to go eat there. I'm just not going there right now yeah. until this all blows yeah. over. But yeah. Yeah, And yeah, I, I also way. enjoyed their stock for. A long time too but hmm. i had to get rid of that too
3: all right well
2: well all right you guys
1: i think that it wraps it up for news bites okay. so you can always go out we're always updating and it's www.seattledining.com slash news so you can always find out what we're talking about and we will be right back with calendar highlights for
0: january support for seattle dining and the seattle dining show is provided in part by ray's boathouse and cafe Hi, this is executive chef
2: Paul Duncan from Ray's Boathouse Cafe and Catering, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show.
3: You're listening to the Seattle Dining Show, and we're going to kick it off. Uh, For those of you who are looking for uh, New Year's Day plans, uh, New Year's Day on January 1st, that is, at Cafe Flora. They have a fabulous vegetarian brunch buffet on New Year's Day, which, of course, that helps you kick off your New Year's resolutions right, (laughs) eating less meat, more vegetables. So check that out if you want. No Uh, more
2: fried chicken. That's
3: right. Vegetables it is. Uh, Brunch buffet is available from 9 to 2 p.m. and is $25 for adults and $12.50 for children. That's a great value. They are located at 2901 East Madison Street in Madison Valley. And next up, New Year's Day, we have brunch at Semiyamu Resort, which is fabulous. And it's not that far away.
1: No, it doesn't take any time. It's really fun. You don't need a passport either.
3: No. And they are, um, I think... um Let's see, what do they have here? They have a hearty breakfast as well. Theirs is not all vegetarian because they include bacon and sausage, which is okay, too. Sliced smoked salmon with capers, breakfast potatoes, scrambled eggs, sliced melon, or you can order off the menu. Uh, They have an organic egg omelet and all kinds of interesting things, even things for the kids there. Brunch is served from 7 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., and they are located in Blaine, Washington, which is about a 90-minute drive north of Seattle on Semiyamu Bay. There's always the incredible Ray's Boathouse Restaurant and Café on new year's day brunch. And I did work at Ray's for seven years. And I know that that's a fabulous brunch. <laughs> I know that they've updated their menu since then. Uh, and actually they're doing a lot of really interesting things there. Um, I think they're open regular hours and their regular menus are available as well. They make a killer bloody Mary, uh, which is another great way to start off the new year.
2: <laughs> Forget the vegetarian Lunch. Uh, I'm going
3: for the, um, for that.
2: For so the hair of the dog. A little
3: hair of the dog. Um, so you can have lunch and dinner in the cafe or dinner in the boat. House and that's at Sea View Avenue Northwest, just outside of Ballard.
1: Um, Tavolata does Sunday feasts. They've been doing this for some time, mm-hmm. and in January, they're starting off with lobster. Oh. I'm not even going to go through all that they have, but everything they're doing has lobster oh, in it, that's... and it sounds fabulous. Oh, my goodness. Look the dinner is limited to 26 guests, so you need to make a reservation soon. That's on January 3rd, and they are at 2323 2nd Avenue in Belltown. The next one that I wanted to talk about is the Dutch Baby Pancake Brunch at Cedar Brook Lodge, mm. and the reason this is a cool thing is because culinary director Roy Braman went on beat Bobby Flay. He beat a chef to then take on Bobby Flay, and he beat Bobby Flay with his family's Dutch Baby Pancake recipe. So they are doing his uh, celebrating his victory with a brunch in honor of the Dutch Baby Pancake. That's on January 10th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, it's a three-course Dutch baby pancake brunch.
3: <laughs> That's so fun. Isn't that funny? <laughs> oh, my gosh. a progressive Dutch so, baby brunch? Yeah. And it's $42. I know.
1: And they're, and they're um, pouring, Theo pouring chocolate with cinnamon donuts. Mm. I mean, it's going to, and a seasonal mimosa. Hello. Anyway, out at Cedarbrook <laughs> Lodge cannot
3: be bad. And then, you
2: know a lot of people haven't been to Cedar Brook Lodge, too.
3: Well, they're missing out because between Roy Brayman and Mark Baudenay, oh, the food there is some of the best this city has ever go. seen. It's down by it's the so airport, good. of all places. The freshest, farm to table. Oh, yes. So interested, in, and so, such interesting ingredients. Exactly. Well done. Oh, yeah. Don't and miss nice, Cedar Brook Lodge. Those two guys, um,
1: both of them seem sort of serious, and then you get to know them. Mm hmm. And they are just, I, I owe Mark Baudinay right now for scaring the heck out of me last, last uh, September. Well, so Why? What happened? Oh, it was cooking with class oh. time, and I'd had four chefs cancel. Oh. And, and I saw him, and I said, Mark, I can't believe it, the fourth chef just canceled. He goes, "All right, when am, is I, am I the fourth, or are there five? Uh-huh. Oh! <laughs> and I, I know that I just went pale. <laughs> and then I suddenly realized I have two older brothers, and I've seen that look too many times I was like, "You are a dead man. You will not know when it's coming, but you will get payback." He just laughed. So he and Roy are just, you know, they're
3: gems, both they're of
1: them. They're hilarious. Yeah. So okay, skip over to the Delil Sellers oh, okay. Winemaker Dinner.
3: All right, January twenty second. This is something special, folks. Join the Fireside and Delil Sellers for an exceptional dinner experience. It's a seven course dinner with five wine pairings. Of course, you can't go wrong with any wines that DeLillo is going to bring out. Uh, Tickets are available, brown paper tickets. or uh, And this is uh, at Port Ludlow Resort, right right at the fireside.
1: And you can't go wrong with Dan Radigan's food, so the the combination.
3: Right, fabulous.
1: Uh,
3: Let's see, we have a three-week class, a wine-tasting primer sight, smell, taste with sommelier Dieter Schaefer. And Dieter is an expert. He's been doing this for many years. He has a great way of educating people. You know, it's really yeah. simple, but it's direct. He's, he's got great experience, a wonderful palate. And this is a beginner's class. Um, he is a certified educator, sommelier Dieter Schaefer. So you'll explore wine types and grapes and bridles. And let's see, it's three Tuesdays, January 26th through February 9th from 6 to 9 at South Seattle College in West Seattle.
1: Perfect. The last two, the uh, first one's on January 28th. It's the bourbon battle dinner at Russell's out in um is that Milk Creek? It's brothel. Waffle. Waffle. Um, mm-hmm. So he's having local distillers uh-huh. there, Skip Rock, Two uh-huh. Bar, Westland, and J.P. Trodden. There's nice. four courses paired with the local bourbons, bourbons and $80. $80? Okay. That's that cheap. That includes tax and gratuity. Wow. Cool.
3: And is, that's probably upstairs. I would think. Oh, I'm thinking uh, maybe that's upstairs?
2: I believe it is. If we mm-hmm. sign up, we'll tip it over, and that'll get us all upstairs.
3: Uh-huh. That's, that's a cool concept. I like
1: that. Yeah. And I was looking at... Um, all the things they have coming, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of detail on them. But he's right. got events through like June, uh-huh. and I've put them up on the calendar. But they're minimal information. But they all include tax and gratuity, which oh, that's is nice. You know, there's something about going, enjoying it, leaving, mm-hmm. and not having to deal with right. you know paying it all. So on the thirty first, it's the annual Pike Choco Fest,
3: amazing event. It is really is it taco fun. fest?
1: No. You say wish tacos? You wish. Oh.
3: Choco- chocolate tacos. Chocolate tacos are probably
1: there. Oh, they they hey, could be. Hey, there you
2: go.
3: But that's from 6 to
1: 9. It benefits Puget Soundkeeper. The ticket includes 10 drink tickets, a commemorative glass, all the food, live music and discounted parking at the Russell Investment Center garage. Mm-hmm. So in advance the tickets are 50 bucks. I mean, obviously 21 yep. and over. Mm-hmm. You got beer, chocolate, savory bites, um they call it the foreplay before the big day because it's always before Valentine's right. Day. Right, uh-huh. So, 65 premier breweries, wineries, distilleries, restaurants, cheesemakers, bakers, mm-hmm. and chocolatiers. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun.
3: Where is Russell Investment? Do we know where that is?
1: It's down uh, fairly near the um, uh, art museum. Oh, okay. So
3: 1415 First Avenue between Pike and Union. Yes. So, they, they have outgrown having it at their own uh, space? No, or is that's, because where, that's, the doing-
1: that's, that's the parking. That's where you get the discounted parking.
3: Oh. It's
1: at. Oh. Uh, uh, it's in. Is, okay. Yeah.
3: I see. Pike
1: Brewing is at 14. I missed 15. it. I'm like,
3: they're moving outside of. I missed it. No. Sorry, folks. I didn't mean to confuse you there. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I wasn't sure if I thought maybe they had just. Because it's grown every it's grown, year, yeah. right? Yeah. But exactly. it's a great event. And you can get
1: the tickets on brown paper tickets.
3: Fantastic. All right. So stick around
1: because we are going to next hear from Jamie. All about Swiffy, what we lovingly called Swiffy, the Seattle Wine and Food Experience. So stay tuned.
0: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by The Fireside Restaurant, located at the resort at Port Ludlow.
2: Hi, this is Rafael from the Pizza Bank in Kirkland, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Welcome back to the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, along with Connie Adams, and we have our special guest here today, who just also happens to be our other host of the show, Jamie Pehaw Hello. But what we're going to be doing uh, at this point is doing an interview with Jamie about her event that is held down at the Seattle Center called the Seattle Wine and Food Event.
1: Experience.
2: Experience. And uh, uh, we've got... Questions and we need answers.
1: You got questions, I got answers. (laughs) Well, for one thing, it's it used to just be Seattle Wine and Food Experience, but it's really the Seattle Wine and Food Experience Weekend now. Thank you for that, Connie. It is, it is. But I wanted to go back a little further. Just briefly tell us why you started this. What what was your intent? What's the concept? And then we can go into what's happening. Okay, sure.
3: Well, you know, I did uh, when this event started. It 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 was actually produced by uh, a different. Person and um, and then uh, I was hired to help bring in sort of the local flair to the event because um, well there were wines from California and other places and mm-hmm. and uh, so it was sort of missing that local flair and so I produced it for this gentleman who owned it for a couple of years and then he just didn't want to do it anymore and so I, so I inherited the event and at that point um, the event started out sort of um, really just as a place where uh, people could come and taste. Uh, wines really from the northwest and beyond and it was less food focused as it has now become a lot more food focused um so the the event now really the uh the concept is it's a great place to taste and uh, what we like to offer there is um a little bit of everything really um, it, it kind of gives you uh the spectrum of the beverage industry And what is happening across the board, both locally, regionally, and even uh, nationally and internationally, Uh, we have a little bit from everywhere. So from a wine perspective, granted, the bulk of the wineries are Washington. We have about probably 35 to 40 Washington wineries there. And uh, then we also have uh, nearly 20 California wineries involved this year. So we have a nice uh, variety from California wines. We have uh, about a dozen Oregon wineries there. Uh, we have some international brands as well, some from Spain, some from Italy. Uh, we have some French champagne there. Um, so you really get an opportunity to sort of t- taste wine from different regions. We like people to expand their palate and be able to try things sort of across the board, compare, contrast, find mm-hmm. out what you like, what you don't like.
2: And, and if you're not a wine lover, I'm seeing here there's quite a bit of uh, beer and uh, <laughs> distillery type Activity yes, going we do on have a, a beer
3: and cider area uh, that is uh, gives you sort of uh, really most of those are locals, which is great because the craft beer and cider industry is just booming. Exploding. So you've got that opportunity as well, uh, and then um, we also have a distillery walk. So we have an aisle of uh, distilleries, and this year, what's new about that area is uh, the law has changed ever so slightly, so that distilleries can pour. Typically, they can only pour a small taste of oh, the straight okay. product, wow. but now. Now they can do a mixed cocktail sample. Oh, okay. So a little taste of mixed cocktails, which is really nice because then you see how to use the product. Yes. Yeah. It's really hard for people to, and it's a lot of liquor, to walk through yes. it and taste You know, straight liquor after liquor. It's a lot. Yeah. So in this case, what uh, what they'll be able to do is, is have a mixed sample there. So there's yeah. some sampling going on there.
2: And then on the beer side, I see there's a highlight this year of something called the... The brews and news. So is this like a pairing of beer with lamb? It is
3: exactly that. (laughs) The lamb lady. Well, yeah, you know, so this is really kind of a fun concept because, um, you know, uh, we've got four um, brands that, you know, are typically larger than what you would consider just a craft brewer. So it's Stella Artois, which is part of Mm Anheuser-Busch. But the thing is, is that they have invested in smaller craft portfolios like Elysian Brewing, okay, Mm -hmm. 10-barrel. So there's going to be four different beer spots within this one area called Brews and Use, and then we're pairing four chefs with each of those brew areas so that you can – taste a lamb dish with that particular beer and kind of understand how to pair that with beer. So, of course, we had to invite Uli from Uli's Sausages. So he'll be in there. We love him. I know. We've got Brian Schieser from Trellis in there. Um, Adam Stevenson from Frolic. Oh, yeah. Which will be awesome. And I'm trying to think who the fourth chef is there. It'll come to me in a minute. But uh, so that's going to be is I love this concept of an event within an event.
2: Yes. I was at a restaurant the other day, and I, I said, what do you got for ciders? And they told me I could get a Stella Artois, and I was like, what? Oh, oh yeah. They I have their jump c- out of
3: my they seat. They have their cider, which will be yeah. there as well. Um, but this is just a fun way for somebody at the event. And, again, I'm behind this educational piece. Okay, so you go in there. Yeah, you're going to learn about beer, but you're also going to learn about food pairing and, mm-hmm. ha- and, and and possibly different preparations with lamb that you could potentially do at home. Yeah. So. That's a key. That's a key exhibit at the event this year. Yeah.
2: So we've got another thing that goes on. Is this uh, Friday night or Saturday night? The Pop Bubbles and Seafood. Tell us about that.
3: Okay, Pop Bubbles and Seafood. Uh, really presented by Seattle Magazine. Uh-huh. Okay, and uh you know, the concept came about last year. We were talking with Seattle Magazine and they were like, you know, what about a great seafood event? And then we jumped on board and, and as things seem to happen when I get involved, I end up inheriting them somehow. <laughs> so <laughs> so what we did last year with POP was we actually constructed a tent yes. in the uh, courtyard of uh, between the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall and Intimon Theater and we had it in the tent. And it, the event was actually very successful for our first year. We had uh, ten, uh, chefs in there doing seafood. We had an oyster bar and then we had sparkling wines from around the world, champagne and a little bit of beer and cider. And then DJ music, which was awesome. It was yeah. great dancing music. So the event was pretty successful. We decided let's step it up a level this year. And so we're bringing it to Macaw Hall. That's going to be Which so is a great. lovely, elegant space. It's, you know, two levels. And we have also, um, Improved the uh, level of chef participation and the number of chefs. Oh, great. We will have 16 chefs there doing seafood. Wow. Okay, so 16 amazing seafood dishes.
2: Okay, so since that's moving to McCaw Hall on the day before, Mm -hmm. that leaves that west patio open again. Are we going to see any food trucks out there? Or?
3: Uh, did you want to sponsor that patio, Tom? Oh, is that what Seattle Dining wanted to be out there I, sponsoring I have food trucks? How
2: expensive it is to rent that patio? <laughs>
3: I'm just playing with you, but uh, no, we're not going to do the patio. Whoa, well, you never know. There's two. We're two months away. Anything could yeah. happen, right? Uh, but Macaw Hall will be fun because we also have um, an oyster bar. Taylor Shellfish is sponsoring oh, the oyster bar. They're going to do four different oysters. Oh. Cynthia Nims, whose oyster book is launching, I mean, That's she's so just great. going to be releasing it very soon she will be in there signing books and so it's all about oyster education and how they're farmed Mm -hmm. so you can taste the different oysters and learn uh, learn about them and the process of of farming oysters Seattle Caviar is participating so what's not to like with caviar and oysters and And the fact that there will be 40 about 40 sparkling wines and champagnes Uh,
2: and you know Taylor Shellfish um, if you live here in Seattle you've seen the name around now you've seen the retail stores But what people don't know, a lot of people don't understand that when uh, Taylor went to build all those retail stores, they had to supply them with all that shellfish. So what they did was they cut off all of their restaurants on the East Coast and in the Midwest that they were shipping to wholesale so that they had enough product to put into the retail stores. So when you have a chance in Seattle to have an oyster bar that's run by Taylor Shellfish, that's that's even more special now than – Five years ago.
3: Yeah. I, I would agree I mean, they are an amazing company. They oh, yeah. really, really are. Yeah. Pop, uh, this year we also added um, the Red Wine Room because we yeah. felt like, you know, a lot of people don't – some people don't like to drink sparkling wine all night long. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. So we added uh, 12 wineries, uh, special wines, pouring uh, reserve wines there. Wow. And uh, we're excited about that. And then we have Coco Berry from uh, Calibo Chocolates doing a chocolate oh, salon. Oh, boy. So four uh, amazing pastry chefs. Then We've got – the. Pastry chef that's with Ethan Stoll. One with Tom Douglas that'll be doing just chocolate. Oh so it's boy. a it's an amazing event for seventy five dollars. And i was going to mention that that is separate from yeah the one you food can you can buy tasting. it you know, on its own seventy five dollars. It does include a crystal champagne flute from Zwilling Predicott wow. Crystal. They're just launching a new line of glassware. So it's a really cool event. What a great Valentine's present to buy yes. for February twentieth. There you go. And um, yes. you know.
2: And, and it gets a little confusing for the listeners here because we're talking about both POP and then the, the event on Sunday. So uh, what's the website that people can go to to get the information and understand each of the events better?
3: Okay, let me just run through how it works here. We have the Seattle Wine and Food Experience Weekend with pop on February 20th from 6 to 9 at Macaw Hall at $75. And that's Saturday? That's Saturday. On Sunday, it's the Seattle Wine and Food Experience Grand Tasting where we feature 200 vendors. We have 30 chefs there. We have specialty food, beer, wine, cider, spirits, and little exhibits throughout the event like the brews and use. That is $75 for a VIP ticket which gets you in an hour early plus you get a goodie bag. And then we have general admission tickets at $60. But the real value is the weekend pass. Yes. If you buy the weekend pass for $140, that includes Pop, Bubbles and Seafood on Saturday night, and the Grand Tasting on Sunday, the VIP aspect of it.
2: I think you should open a uh, on that on that get in an hour early thing. I yeah. think you need to add Ray's Boathouse and have them doing Bloody Mary's Hair of the Dog for everybody who went on Saturday night.
3: <laughs> oh, I don't think you're going to need it. <laughs> I think. Well, well, I will say um, Seattle Wine and Food Experience is the website. Uh, there's a list of between the two events, we have 50 chefs participating. Um, we have some fabulous chefs participating, and we're talking about Roy Braman, Cedar. brook will be at pop i'm excited about that obviously we have already mentioned trellis we've got dahlia lounge there this year um just a number of fabulous chefs and we also really work hard to pair amazing product with these chefs so nikki usa which is a meat company they're going to be there and they're bringing in two chefs one will be doing venison one will be doing um i'm not sure if it was quail or something else but some exotic meats we've got heritage uh Heritage Meats there. He'll be doing butchery demonstrations. Oh, so that'll be going on. And uh doing uh local pork and local beef with um with bell and wheat. Oh yeah. And with Delicatus Kitchen from Delicatus. So there's all kinds of It's food just an pairings.
1: endless
2: list.
3: It is. Uh, it's fabulous. Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute yeah. doing all kinds and for of fresh the prize. fish.
1: Please. And if you don't remember that website amazing.
2: address, you just go to seattledining.com and click on the ad for the Seattle Wine and Food Experience. Yes, and that'll get you right there. And
1: I'll tell you what, we had a story up about it in December. Why don't I leave that one up too? Yeah, let's so leave that, that up can, for sure. People it, can. Be I think on it's the
3: best value
1: around. Oh, it's amazing. It's for amazing. A great what deal. you get, you know. Just as a kind of wrap up, mm-hmm. can you give people some tips about when they go to a thing like this mm-hmm. about? how to Not do it overdoing your yes. palate because yes. then you can't taste anything
3: so i would say the first thing to do we will be posting the program for both events online before the events happen okay and i would say go online and take a look at what's there and kind of plan your route Yeah,
2: make a hit list huh
3: you know i mean at pop it won't be as big so you'll be able to sort of wander through and decide when you're there but for the yeah for the grand tasting on sunday you know 200 vendors is a lot yeah it's a lot so you're going to want to sort of make sure you highlight the top ten you want to see, and then maybe kind of a free-for-all as you go through yeah. there and figure out and what And see something you that just draws Exactly. Sure. But definitely stop by the exhibits. It'll be worth it.
2: Perfect. All right. All right, well, we're going to, uh, we're going to expand the last section of the show here in a minute. We're going to be doing uh, a few tips, and we're going to expand that to be uh, a tip when you go out to eat, a tip when you are cooking at home, and a gadget tip for the kitchen. We'll be right back.
0: Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations.
3: Hi, this is Laura from Bothell, and one of my favorite restaurants in the Winneville area is Purple Cafe.
2: We're back with the Seattle Dining Show, and uh, if it sounds like there's something in the dungeon trying to scrape its way out, uh, there is some sort of noise going on in the room next door, and we can't seem to get to it. So, uh, what's that, that thing in the Harry Potter movie? The Secret Dungeon the of Doom. The Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, so uh, we, we can't find a way into the Chamber of Secrets, so we're just going to have to bear with it if you hear it. But uh, so this is the section of the show where we've got a few tips for you. And uh, we're going to change that for 2016, and we're going to have three, three tips instead of one. So, uh, Connie? You got a tip for us. I
1: got a tip about eating at home. And, and of course, we think about this more after the excess of the holidays. But green fruits and vegetables are good always. Um, spinach, kale, arugula, and chard are natural detoxifiers that control how estrogen is regulated. Now, that's great for women, but it's also good for men. So um, the darker green, the better, you know. So other good greens avocados, olives, seaweed. Steamed broccoli, lentil, split peas—just include a green with every meal if you can, and you're
3: going to be better off. That is a heck of a tip, and I think we all need that starting today. Today, <laughs> <laughs> <And> never ending. <laughs> yeah. Never ending. Jamie, you got a tip for us on restaurants? Well, you know, I'm talking about restaurants and going out to eat, and this kind of holds true for even what we were talking about, about, you know, kind of pre-planning your uh, event uh, route before you go. Yeah. It's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, figuring out where you want to go and then going there and, and, and learning and getting what you want. Same thing when this year, you're starting out January, there's a bazillion restaurants in the Seattle, greater Seattle area. You probably would like to go to all of them, but you're probably not going to go to all of them in one year, but it would be great, even if you picked out 12 restaurants, let say one one per month. Yeah. And you made a list, some old, some new places you've been dying to go to that've been around for a few years but ha- you know, you've never been. Mm-hmm. And make a list and then you next time when you're like where should we go? Where should we go? which everybody nobody can think of anything when you're asked exactly. that question. You'll have your list there and you'll be able to kick that off in a year. And and you can put your
2: list in one of those uh, like OneNote programs on your phone, your phone. now. Yes. You don't even have to go find it.
3: Or if you're like me and you can't figure out how to use that, (laughs) you just email yourself a list. (laughs) There you
2: go. There you go. All right. Well, my tip this month is going to be a gadget in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, all of us have a set of measuring cups, but few – and we all have tablespoon measuring devices. But uh, I believe most kitchens don't have a two-tablespoon, one-eighth cup measuring device, and it's so handy. I use mine all the time. I actually have Hmm. three of them now. A one-eighth cup? One-eighth of a cup, two tablespoons. Oh, okay. So if I'm going to make coffee just for me, then I'm going to just grab my little two-tablespoon cup and dish out my ground coffee and put it in and make it. Okay. Um, If I have a recipe that calls for two tablespoons of something... Easy breezy. Okay. And. Efficiency
3: uh, expert over here. Yes. It's not, you know, I. I well, because you're getting two, and so instead of doing one and then yeah. one, I get
2: it. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. just simplifies life. And, uh, and that's one of those devices I have more than one of because sometimes it winds up in the, in the dishwashing machine and so uh
3: a i guess they machine. call it a
2: dishwasher a dishwasher <laughs> don't they yeah?
3: well yes, well, things have changed over the <laughs> years tom it is when dishwasher. you're 80
2: listen <laughs> when you're 80 you fall back on those old you things. don't want to go in my kitchen and open it up because you might find my laundry in there okay? <laughs> okay we're afraid but make sure you get that one-eighth cup measuring <laughs> and if you can't find it at your local store go ahead and buy it online it should come up pretty easy if you look on amazon or somewhere all right. That's what I got.
1: All right, then it's time to wrap up. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free.
2: We, we want, want you to dine well, dine safe, and dine often.
0: And don't cook like my mother. Don't
2: cook Don't cook, don't cook like, Tom's like Tom's mother.
0: mother. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of The Seattle Dining Show.